Section six of Birds in All Nature, Volume seven, number three, March nineteen hundred. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Taming Birds, Guy Steely. But very few of the boys and girls who watch the many species of our birds flit about in the summer time and who listen in delight to their singing know that by expending a little time and patience they can make these sweet songsters quite tame i do not mean that the birds are to be caught and confined i never could bear to see a bird in captivity and indeed most wild ones will live but a brief time when so served but that they can be made gentle in their natural state where i live in the rocky mountains there are countless numbers of birds throughout the spring and summer months and being a great lover of them i have naturally observed their habits closely trusting therefore that some of the boys and girls who entertain the affection for them that i do will see these lines i venture to give some of my experiences along the path of bird life some five years ago i constructed several miniature cottages with verandas chimneys and all and placed them on the fences around our garden the first season two pairs of wrens selected and occupied two of them a third was chosen by a pair of bluebirds, and a fourth left vacant. Wrens, as you all know, are never much afraid of anyone, but bluebirds are inclined to be shy. After a short time, however, the pair I spoke of would alight within a few feet of where I was weeding vegetables, and soon came to know that, where the ground was freshly turned, there were to be found the most worms. Before the summer was over, the wrens and bluebirds and I were the firmest of friends. Daily they ran and hopped and peeped under the plants and flowers. And besides giving me their companionship, they did a vast amount of good in the garden by keeping it clear of bugs and worms. It was astonishing the number of these they carried to their little ones. But time stops not, and finally there came cold and frosty nights that warned my little friends, now comprising three families, that the day of their departure for warmer lands was drawing near, and soon I was all alone. Every year since then has been a repetition of this first, only that I have more houses around now and consequently more tenants. I firmly believe, too, that the first three couples still return to their old homes, for the same houses are taken by the wrens every spring and the same one by the bluebirds. During the winter also, I sometimes have a few bird pets, though they are others than snowbirds, the latter I have never been able to make friends with. When the weather is severe, I often try to feed them, but with poor success, as they are always very wild. The pets I have reference to are blue jays and camp birds, or, as they are more usually called, camp robbers. Both species stay here the year round. Last winter, I had a laughable time with them. Shortly after the first snow, I noticed a pair of camp robbers. They seemed to go in pairs, both summer and winter, around our meat house. If you've never seen one of them, you cannot know what comical birds they are. So solemn and innocent appearing, yet when it comes to stealing, well, they're the greatest and boldest thieves you can find. If they're about and you chance to have anything eatable around and turn your back for a moment, 
you're pretty sure to find it gone when you look again. I remember while camping one fall of seeing one of them dart down from a tree and take a slice of meat right out of the frying pan on the fire. But it was too hot to hold for long, and Mr. Camp Robber was obliged to relinquish his dainty dinner before reaching his perch again. Arriving there, he sat for a long while looking down at me with a wry face. But I'm digressing and must get back to my story of the camp robbers in the meat house. A few days after I first saw them, I went in the house to cut some meat for dinner. While there, one of the robbers alighted on a bench placed at the side of the door and stood peeping in. I cut a small piece of meat and tossed it on the step, and in a second he had pounced on it and was away. Every day from that time on, just at noon, the pair of them would be watching for me, and I made it a rule to put out small pieces of meat or bread on the steps at that hour of the day. As soon as I retreated a little way, they would secure them and fly off. After they had been with me about a month, a blue jay happened along one day, and seeing them at their meal, invited himself to partake of part of it. The camp robber seemed somewhat angry at this, but did not venture to remonstrate. The next day there were two blue jays, and by the end of the week I had two camp robbers and seven blue jays looking to me for their daily dinners. I fed the whole company all winter, and when spring came the camp robbers would almost take food from my hands. In fact, they seemed to look to me for protection when eating from the blue jays, who were rather overbearing and wanted more than their fair share. Whether they will visit me this winter, I know not. But I do know that I should be glad to see them again. End of section 6